Welcome to the Mac and Fish Podcast. Our host, McKinley Roll, is back in the captain's chair. Corey Long will also join the show. Today's edition of Weekend Roundup will discuss Notre Dame versus Clemson, Alabama versus Florida. Does Ohio State deserve to be in the playoffs? What about Texas A&M? Let's get started. This is uh, Coach McKinley Roll here for the weekend wrap up. I'm here with my co-host Charles Fishby, better known as Fish. Fish, what's going on? Hey, what's up? I got a dilemma before you get into the rest of our intro. All right, with Christmas coming up, and you guys know that I have a son. He's 11 years old, and we got a problem. He still believes in Santa, <laughs> and the problem we have with this is it used to not be that bad, but now he's asking for things like a Mac Pro, a Apple 12. Like, I'm wondering, a couple more years goes, is he going to ask for, like, a Lamborghini? Like, <laughs> Santa can't like, afford the gifts anymore. Like, you got to <laughs> let him know that Santa's hitting the pandemic. <laughs> and, you know, and, and therefore, the gifts just, you know, these guys got the gifts have to be I, you gotta socially distance himself from the tree so the gifts can't be what they used to be. I mean, I never had Corey, I didn't have this problem growing up. I was Jewish. My mom had th- Christmas Eve. We opened gifts on Christmas Eve. You know, like there was no Santa. So we got a problem. Hey, but you, he's blessed. He's blessed, man. All right. Well, you 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 finish up with the intro. Sorry to interrupt you, but I had to get that in there. So I, I know you were, you were waiting for that. Oh, hey, yeah. We, we also joined by our co-host, Corey Long. Corey, what's going on? What's going on, guys? Hey, man. So we had a, a great weekend of college football. Um, as you guys know, we had a couple of championship games. Uh, we could kind of recap and talk about as well as the Heisman mix. Um, there's a lot going on right now. Uh, we, we have a clear picture of uh, the teams that were selected for the playoffs, and uh, we can hop right into it. So first, want to talk to both of you guys. Do you agree with the, select, the committee uh, selection uh, of their picks with Notre Dame, Clemson, Alabama, and uh, who's their last one? Uh, Notre Dame, Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State. Ohio State. Do you guys do you guys agree with that? Uh, do you think A and M should have been in there? Do you think? Well, obviously not Florida, but um, just give me your thoughts on that, and then I'll kind of hop in there as well. It's oh. it's like the, the the three of those spots are predetermined. It feels like it just does. I don't want to. I feel like Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State, like they start this season in those spots and they have to basically play their One team has to play their way in. That was Notre Dame this year. Mm-hmm. Many years, that's Oklahoma, unfortunately. But, uh, the, but like Clemson, Alabama, and Ohio State have to play their way out of it. And, I mean, based on that, if, if you know that coming in, which most people do – they didn't play their way out of it. Ohio State won all six games they played. Alabama won all 11 games they played. Clemson won 10 out of 11, including uh, their conference title. So, yeah, those three teams, based on the fact that they don't have to uh, – they're basically given the benefit of the doubt, are going to get in. And after that, I mean, Notre Dame probably had the best resume of the teams that was available. They, they, they beat Clemson once. They beat North Carolina on the road. They had a couple other decent wins. 
Um, they didn't look good yesterday at all, but you know, but 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 they were ten and zero. They were ten and zero. They were in a pretty good spot. They probably had a little bit of a margin of error. Uh, I like A and M. I like what A and M's done, especially in the second half of the season. I thought A and M, you know, quality team, quality wins, and uh, you know, it, it's when you're when you're not competing for your conference title, it's just hard for me to justify it. It just is. I can't. I'm not saying they're not worthy, but you know, if you're not in your conference championship game, it's hard to justify it. So I, I mean, and but this kind of a weird year, you know, they're they. I feel like the SEC could have done something a little differently this last week in a weird year. You want to boost AM's chances. Georgia wasn't playing. You just tell Tennessee to get the heck out and make AM and Georgia this past week. You know, say, hey, it's not a conference title game, but this is this is the only top 10, another top 10 matchup. You know, give them an opportunity to get another impressive win. And instead, they didn't give them that opportunity. So, you know, whereas all these other conferences were playing it as they want, like the Big Ten's like, well, you need seven games to get the conference title. No, you need six. Or Ohio State only gets five. Well, screw it. You only need five. You know, but, you know, every team, every conference should have done what the ACC, the ACC, the dumbest conference on earth, actually did the smartest things. They invited Notre Dame in and put them in a spot where it was virtually impossible for them not to play Clemson in the title, in the, in the conference title game. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Listen, I was on the Notre Dame bandwagon all year. I've been pumping them. I said, they're going to win, beat Clemson. But reality is at some point, there needs to be some sort of criteria to get in. They, their playoff game was this weekend. Yes. I don't care what their record was in the regular season. They lost. Mm-hmm. You know, they lost. And at some point, they, they made rules to help these teams out. I mean, Ohio State, all right, they, they went 6-0, and but they didn't play anybody. And that's not a knock on them because you can only play who you did. It's the same people that are making the argument, hey, Ohio State won 6-0. and Well, Texas A&M played what on paper looked like a really hard schedule at the beginning of the year. You can't – I mean, if I said, hey – they're going to play LSU. They're going to play Alabama. They're going to play Auburn. They're going to play Florida. You're saying you're saying there's no way they're coming out of that nine and one or eight and one, and then they do it, and oh well, they didn't play a hard schedule. The, the whole thing is they've made these rules all along, and then they've already had it made up that hey, three of the teams are in, and the fourth team is a playing game. Well, how about you have an actual playing game? They should they can play this weekend and have a play-in game, and you have Texas A&M and and Notre Dame. Notre Dame, listen, like I said, I was on the Notre Dame bandwagon. I've been pumping them. So I was wrong. They lost, and they don't – I I don't believe they deserve to be in there. I don't think Ohio State belongs in there because they haven't played enough games. Mm. I don't know how you put a team in that played five or six games and another team played a whole schedule. Mm. Like, let's be real. And then they end up playing Northwestern, and it's not the – Listen, Pat Fitzgerald, I told you, I think he's one of the top five to ten coaches in college football. But you get a team like Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship, like they they literally had it. They should have just said before the season, you're in the playoffs no matter what. You go, you know, and just mm-hmm. done it like Florida did high school football this year. Hey, you're 
you know, Miami Central, hey, you played one and a half games, you're in. You know, let's just, you know, and that's a problem is the NCAA had a, a lot of great opportunities this year to add in games, to do something a little different, to try something different this year. Uh, Corey talked about it. They should have probably ended the season maybe two weeks ago. And they could have done so many things, and they didn't. And I think this – they basically went back to the BCS or the things that people had these arguments that, you know, for the last few years, you knew who the top four teams were. But this year there are arguments for, you know, two lost teams that played ten games, you know. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't put Oklahoma in, but they're playing well. I would have put in um, – some of these other teams, but look, I mean, two weeks ago, Oregon wasn't in the, in the mix. They ended up winning the PAC 10 championship. What are they getting for it? Some crappy bowl game? Like what was the purpose of them playing in, in the Sunday? They weren't even in the Big 12 championship. And, and, we, and, we, and we were like, talking about it. Clay Helton wanted no part yeah, of Oregon. Uh, he wanted Washington. He, when he heard the news, he's like, Oh man, there I goes mean, my the extension. Goes, the problem goes far greater. It's the, I mean, the NCAA doesn't run college football. The Power Five conferences do. They run it. So you're not really, you're never really going to get a real arbitrary, you know, you're not going to get any real transparency in anything. They pretty much, they decide, and I, you know, this was, I found this out several years ago. And actually, it was a few years ago. Me and Herb Street had a, had a, had a disagreement on it. And it just, it almost feels like, they're picking the teams that they won in August and they just got to, you know, when everybody else is just playing for show mm. and, you know, I, I understand why it's done that way. It's done that way to protect the power five conferences. They like, if, the, if this, if this thing opened up, like we really wanted to, it would, it would really, it would tr- pretty much ruin the value of the power five conferences because if, We'll take UCF. If they had as much of a, if they had as much of a, um, a pathway to a championship as Florida does, now all of a sudden they can compete for the same players, but they don't have the same standards to get into the schools. No, no doubt. So you know you have a lot, and also they can compete for the same players. And now coaches, we'll take a coach like like if the whole thing was open. We wouldn't necessarily talk about Luke Fickle leaving Cincinnati. Why? Because he can win a title at Cincinnati. That's why in basketball, we don't talk about Mark Few leaving Gonzaga. He can have a top 10 recruiting class in Gonzaga and compete. They're number one right now. Gonzaga, no one even knows where Gonzaga is. They're the number one college basketball team on earth. Yeah, but you know? there's more interest, though. There's more interest. You're going you're gonna to ruin the interest of the, of the sport. But I, but I think you guys are missing a couple things here, all right? First, number one, Cle- Notre Dame got embarrassed by Clemson, okay? If we're going to talk about the whole resume, everyone is just looking at the regular season and saying, hey, their body of work, they beat Clemson in the regular season. They, they went undefeated, X, Y, and Z. They shouldn't be uh, penalized for playing in the championship game. Notre Dame's not even in the ACC, Really? I mean, they're, they're playing in it, but they're not really in the ACC. But let's talk about it. Texas A&M definitely should have been in there. And Fisher, absolutely right. Ohio State has no business being in the playoffs. Playing they got embarrassed by Alabama. X- they got embarrassed. They lost by 28 points. But but my thing about it is this. They 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 beat Florida by a substantial – at the end of the day, if Florida beats Alabama, you're putting – 
Alabama may not be in. Is Alabama in the playoffs if they lose Probably. yesterday? Again, remember, three teams are in. They got to play their way out. But but we're talking. Let, let's look at what. Let's look at a body of work. Let's look at a body of work. I I truly do not think Ohio State deserves to be in. I don't think, but the way, like you said, Fish, Notre Dame had their play-in game yesterday. They got embarrassed. Did they look like a playoff team? Did they look like one of the top four playoff teams? They did for one quarter, and they didn't. But the problem is if you're a playoff team, you score a touchdown when you're inside the five. You don't miss a field goal. Absolutely. They, you know, they, 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 didn't, they played like a team that looked scared. And then, yeah, honestly, they, it just, they, they didn't look like they belonged. They they don't they don't belong. They're not one of the top four teams in the country. I mean, I'm sorry. It, it just is what it is right now. You know, COVID is a is a crazy year. And I fish. I agree with you. We could have. It could have been a lot of different things that happened. They could have tried a lot of different things. Maybe eight teams this year. Maybe six teams. Maybe you have a play in game to say who is going to be the, those in that spot. But right now, it's not good. I thought the ACC, I mean, the SEC should have booked Texas A&M and Georgia. Once Georgia's game got canceled, which it got canceled last Sunday, I would have booked that game. I'd have said, you know what? If this way, if A&M, if A&M's only, only shot that A&M's going to have is have another quality victory, I'm going to give them the best shot at that. And you know but, why? But, but Cor, they could have done Cor, that because they can make up Cor, anything they want this year. Corey, they had a quality – they played a quality schedule. Should they play more games than Ohio but State But they did? needed another victory. The bottom line is why, they needed why? another win. They why? just why? did. Why? They let me, did. They let needed me, another win. Corey, why? let me – They didn't Cor, get the win that they needed. Corey, let me ask you something. If the ACC hadn't brought Notre Dame in this year, all right, mm -hmm. and Notre Dame had played an independent schedule – and they lost to Clemson like they did last night in the regular season and then did not have the chance to play again but in they the ACC. Clemson in the regular season. All right, but I'm just saying that the ACC. Without Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Without Trevor Lawrence. It doesn't matter. They beat them. It, they know, beat it, them. Matter. it matters. You know it, what? Ma I mean, it, it matters. At the end of the day, you know what? I mean, I can look at situations where, I mean, Pittsburgh Steelers beat Cincinnati when, Car when Carson Palmer broke his leg. They still won the game. It didn't matter. They still went on and won a Super Bowl that year. It wasn't an asterisk Super Bowl. It wasn't like, hey, oh, okay. yeah, well, they beat John Kitna, so but it they, shouldn't count. But no, they, they still they, won the Super Bowl. But they still like, had to go through the – It doesn't matter how they, you, exactly. it matter how they exactly. still They still had to get through the process. There was Talk no about process. Fish. Talk this, about it, Fish. Well, they're, we basically – they just said from the, before the game even started, well, if Notre Dame loses, no matter what, they're in. Like, then why play it's, the game? Exactly. Why play the game? Exactly. They should have played the ACC as title. Poorly, as poorly run as the ACC is, they gave themselves the best shot for two teams. The, to a, the, the ACC they should have said, listen, you're both – to give themselves the best shot for two teams. Then they should have played the game. They should have just correct. said both of you guys are in. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're both in. We'll see you in two weeks. Absolutely. Hey, why waste our time? It's the not SEC like it's, do that. it's not like the ACC needed the money. The fans weren't there. So, like, what was the purpose of playing the game other than, hey, we're going to play them again? You know, I, I, I just – I think it's a it, – it's making an excuse for a bad situation. Well, 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 you look at it. I think that the, the playoff committee moves the goalposts every year. It's never – you know, before it was, oh, you have to play in a conference championship game. Now it's it's something else. COVID obviously had its own rules. It, they're moving the goalposts, whatever fits the narrative. 
they wanted Notre Dame in in, in the playoff uh, finals. They wanted uh, obviously Alabama earned because it. Texas A and M's not sexy, so it's like all right, you know what? Exactly. 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 Texas A and M goes undefeated. They're in the playoffs. If they beat Alabama, they, they're in. There's I don't, no, I don't know. I don't. Much. I don't know. I really don't know. Undefeated SEC team wouldn't make it in. Are you all serious? I don't think right now if you say that. No, they would. They would. They would. If they go undefeated but lose in the SEC championship, they probably wouldn't have been in. But they shouldn't lose. You know what? Some teams can't afford to lose. Some teams can. And I said that. Well, then, you know what? Say that. Then say that to all. What did I say? I but, said there are three teams that have to play their way out, and one team gets to play their well, way in. Well, they they should say that before the season starts, so the teams. Can, the other three teams had to play their way out. They did. Corey, 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 you're moving the goalposts. You're moving the goalposts. I'm moving the goalposts. I'm telling you the truth. Then you no, know that's, what that, that, that's, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. They should not. I'm not saying it's not ridiculous, but I'm telling you what it is. Well, college football should just come out and say, "Hey, this is how it is. Exactly. If you lose it, if you lose a game, AM, you're out." They're telling you that every week. They no, tell not. you that. They tell you that when they put out their rankings every week. They absolutely tell you how it is. Yeah. Florida no. lost to a team that was three and five, and they were favored by twenty. But wait, points. wait a second. Down one spot. Wait a second. Wait a second. They said if Florida won yesterday, there was a probability that they could have jumped AM and ended up in yes. the playoffs. Yes, they yep. told you. And they, and they lost to AM. They tell you every week. What am, you know what? Louisiana beat Iowa State by three touchdowns. And if Iowa State would have won yesterday, who would have had a better chance of getting to the playoff? They were Louisiana. All right? Okay. They tell you every week exactly what the deal is. Well, you know when what? They you're gonna... Florida, when they did not punish Florida for the loss at LSU, they told you, you know what? That loss at LSU doesn't really matter to us. Corey, they're going to drive football fans away, and you know what they're going to have? They're going to have like four or five fan bases, and that's it. Good luck. Yeah, that's what yeah. they, at the end of the day, they well, don't uh, care. They're not, yeah, well, they should they're care not because – like basketball is. Like college basketball. They should care because it's still a money revenue generator for a lot yeah, of teams. Exactly. College football is nowhere near as popular as college football thinks it is. Yeah, well, well, I mean, again. Well, we're, hey, we're, we're, wait, we're, a, we're, wait a second. We don't every, have a every team in the SEC is about to make $75 million a year. I, I think they care. I think people yes, care. And those six states, they care. But college football isn't like – you go to North, no one gives it. no one gives a kick. No one cares about college football once you get past Virginia. You know, no one, you know they're not talking about – we're not talking about college football in Boston. Hey, no one cares who's college win football the gets better title. ratings. And a lot college, of people live in those places. Hey, college you football gets better ratings than the than pro sports. All right, so like, you come know, on. Yeah, there's never true. there's never been a college football game that's got the ratings of an NFL playoff game. No, I said you know it, that's it. The, that's, no, because college football, but college football states. College, but college football, even bowl games have gotten better ratings than an NBA game before, plenty of times. That's true. Yeah, pro football is is the top of the mountain, but college football is. And college the, football will never be pro football. I never said it, it was. It, it I never it, said. It thinks it is. It really thinks it's on a level of pro football. Who said that? We're not, that? We're not saying it's that. We're not saying that. I'm idiots. I'm not know? saying that. And college football could be so much better than it is, but again, it's run by idiots. Well, I, 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 let, let, let's roll this conversation back in. Let's let, let's go. You know that 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 was a spirited discussion. We just had, which is, you know, always welcome in the Mac and Fish podcast. 
But uh, let's talk about the Heisman uh, Trophy Award. Um, I want you guys to give me your your picks. I'm going to go with, with mine, okay? okay. Um, I will say it's got to be it's Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence uh, is more than likely going to win the Heisman. I think Clemson is playing the best right now. He's the best player on that team. That's evidenced by their uh, demolishment of Notre Dame when he played in that game. Um, I think that Kyle Trask is definitely helped by uh, Kyle Pitts, who I believe is the better player. Um, I believe that Mac Jones uh, is helped by Devonta Smith, right, who I believe is the better player. I think both of those guys make an argument for should be in the Heisman contention, but they're not. Um, but I, I, I think it's got to be Trevor Lawrence. Fish, well, what do you think? Heisman, Heisman is a, I mean, it's unfortunate that Heisman is just a quarterback award now. It's not a real award. Yeah. If it was a real award, uh, Devonta Smith would be it. Because I think Devonta Smith's the best player by far. I, I think Najee Harris is a, is a slight hair behind him. I think, you know, Kyle Pitts. And then you can get to the quarterbacks, really, you know. But, and I mean, I think Trevor Lawrence is the best of that group. I don't even, I mean, I, I, I think Devonta Smith has a really good shot at winning. Mm-hmm. I think he's, I think, I think, I think, you know, the one thing about waiting a couple more weeks than they normally do, you get to really see, like, when we saw Alabama, Florida yesterday, the quarterbacks had some pretty gaudy numbers, but you look at like on the Florida side, Kadarius Tony and Kyle Pitts run that offense. I mean, mm-hmm. Kyle yeah. Trask. I mean, as much as Dan Mullen tries to make everything about Kyle Trask, which is the reason they're, they have, they didn't win their last two games. Kadarius Tony is a baller. And, you know, when Kyle Pitts is healthy, you know, he's amazing. And I mean, on the other side, it's far more obvious. I mean, the, who who the ball go to yesterday? Najee Harris. You know when things were when when all when all those film Najee Harris was getting the football and he was going to carry you home. You know, you you're, they're telling you who the best players are. So I'm hopeful Devonta Smith wins because I think he deserves it more than any quarterback. I agree. Uh, fish. Trevor Lawrence should win it. Period. I, I just he showed it yesterday. He's the most valuable player. Uh, you put him in, I, I think the game would have been very similar to the first game between Notre Dame and Clemson. If Trevor Lawrence doesn't play, I, I think that's, he's a difference and he's the best quarterback I've watched in my lifetime in college. And I've watched a lot of great ones. I mean, I, all the way back to Elway. I think, I mean, Oof, it's, yeah, I mean, Oof. I think he's the best quarterback. I really do. I mean, you got, you got to look, he has one loss and his one loss is against Joe Burrow, whose team was just flat out nasty last year, he'd be undefeated. And you could put him up there, whether it's, you know, Elway, you could put him up there with Peyton Manning, you could put him up there with any of the greats that have played the college level. He is unbelievable. And he's, he's an all around great quarterback, his anticipation, his ability to throw the ball in spots that other guys can't. I mean, I just, I think he's special and, Got you know Corey's a Jets fan. He's gonna end up with the guy next year. I feel sorry for Trevor. I I definitely wouldn't even uh, I'd hold out until somebody else uh, you know traded with the Jets because I wouldn't go play for the Jets. But he's phenomenal, and I agree with Corey. I think Devontae Smith and um, Najee Harris are the other two. Those two are the two best players at Alabama. I mean, I, what's his 
you know, the quarterback's probably the third or fourth best player on that team. I don't think he's there. He's basically a modern day, and I'm not ripping the guy because he had a great career in college. He's basically what Gino Toretto was when he won the national, you know, the uh, Heisman Trophy for University of Miami. Devontae Smith is a di- the probably one of the better receivers that's played in the last few years. I mean, he's a game breaker, and you saw. I mean, he makes it look so easy. Um, and teams know he's getting the ball, and he still makes plays. But like I said, my vote goes for Trevor Lawrence, and I'm I'll stick with that. Yeah, I think, and I mean, the reason I would. The reason why Lawrence, to me, I mean, would do uh, it would be the best of the quarterbacks. If this is still a quarterback award, is that you don't see Mac Jones and Kyle Trask do anything outside of throw a pass, and I, I don't mean that to discourage throwing passes, but like you know, they can throw a high ball. Kyle Trask makes the amazing catch. You throw a slant. Devonta Smith shakes out six guys and scores. Trevor Lawrence does stuff like. That 60-yard run he had against Ohio State last year for a touchdown, the run he had yesterday against the – like, he does stuff with his legs. He was a playmaker. The other two aren't playmakers. They can get the ball to playmakers, but they're not playmakers by themselves. No, no, no I, doubt. No I agree. Doubt. I, 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 you know, I agree with you guys. You know, Lawrence is special. I think, Fish, you, you went a little – you got a little too happy with that as far as no, – I, 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 him, him being the best quarterback. I, shit, I – He's, I mean, is he better? Than, I, I don't know if he's better than Deshaun Watson. You know what I mean? I, th- I think he's better than Deshaun Watson. I, I don't know. As good as Deshaun know. is, you know, as good as he is, I think he's better. I mean, I'm telling you. I mean, I've, I've seen performances in, a, in national championship games. What, Michael Vick maybe had a better performance in his career? I mean, there's not many. Who, Deshaun? No, than Vince Young? Vince Young? Deshaun had a better performance than Lawrence in the national championship game. The uh-huh. Troll threw for over 400 yards in the that's game. A, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like Deshaun, three touchdowns. Hey, about? Deshaun, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson yeah. is special now. Deshaun Deshaun was, Deshaun he's Watson special, but Trevor's at another. I don't know. Trevor's at another level. That's not, just not, my not, not not more than Watson. Another no. level than Watson. You, got, you guys, you can run with that. I'll run with what I got, man. I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll stick with what I got. I got you. Well, we're we're gonna beat you, but yeah, uh, that's fine. That's fine. That's your opinion. Hey, so so. Right now we have uh, obviously it was uh, early signing day. Um, we had you know just a recap and touching a little bit on that. Um, you know you see why the teams, these teams are consistently always. We're talking about these teams, right? Corey, you talked about these teams that are are sort of locked into these spots and they have to play their way out. Yeah, it just so happens that they're collectively always getting the most talent, right? I mean, Alabama, Alabama signed, fellas, Alabama signed arguably the best receiving class ever, okay? Four of the top 10 receivers in the country. They also signed the two top offensive tackles in the nation. And then they signed three of the top 12 defensive ends in the country. Oh, wait a second. Rankings don't matter according to some people, but let's look. No, they matter. They matter. No, and, no, and, no. You can sign three stars and and, and win national titles. No, but wait can. a second. No, Alabama, can. Ohio State, LSU, Georgia, and Clemson are in the top five. Uh, <laughs> how many of those teams have played in the playoffs the last like five years? I think pretty much all of them. Exactly. All of them have. Exactly. So, 
So all you non-likers of, you know, five stars, oh, we could win with three stars, you take your little three stars. I'll bring my team full of five stars, and let's see who gets their butt whipped at the end of the day. But, Fish, that's an excuse. That what, we, what we've learned is that is an excuse. When you're not landing those type of players, you have to find something and say that, oh, well, we're going to develop them. Oh, well, you know, you, whatever, okay, make some kind of excuse for why you're not signing those type of players. Listen, if you want to play for national championships, if you want to consistently be in the top five in the country, if you want to have a stake, uh, a staple place in the college football rankings, you need to land quality players. Players win games. Coaches yep. manage games. Yep. Coaches put players in position, but players win games games period yep. there's no magical scheme with crappy players i can promise you that absolutely yeah i mean it's uh yeah the people that don't like that that, that have a problem with five-star players are generally they, they don't have any on their team <laughs> they had them they'd love them but look at it though look at it Corey. i mean georgia ohio state alabama yeah. clemson i mean yeah, it, no it, doubt. It's a, you know, and and it all, you know, it all works together It all, you know, it all works in the sense that when this system, again, college football is run by five conferences that protect their interests and the players go to those five, you know, the top players go to the five conferences. And within that, you know, if you say that there's, you know, about 10 schools that legitimately have shots in national titles every year they mostly go to those schools. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a great thing. Signing day is great. I love it for the kids. I, I really do. Um, you know, and, and we've covered it, covered this thing for 20 years now, you know, I'm always, I just, you know, I, I, I always live the life of what if, you know, what if college football was really an open, was really open. It was really opened up and how, how would, how would, how would teams recruit? Like if college football was opened up, how would Coastal Carolina be able to capitalize on a 10 and 0 season in the recruiting ranks? Mm-hmm. You know, they can't, they can't right now. They can get, they'll probably get a better player than they've had, but they're not going to get anywhere close to any elite talent. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, when I talked about basketball and it was like, Oh, you know, Gonzaga is located in Spokane, Washington, by the way. Uh, and, you know, they're able to get top 10 recruiting classes because they're a national, they're a national competitor. Uh, when I was growing up, Georgetown basketball, which is a very conservative liberal arts school in Washington, D.C., signed a guy named Patrick Ewing, who was the greatest thing to ever come through Boston, you know, ever come through the, the mid-Atlantic uh, basketball circuit. And it's like those things can't happen in football. And that's kind of what like, I, you know what I love? I love the fact that Deion Sanders went to Jackson State and actually tried to shake things up. He made a couple of little funny things. He got like the Juco kid that had committed to Georgia. And I think he got a kid that was committed to Florida that couldn't get in their clearing house, but it was nice to actually see somebody so far on the outside say, yeah, I'm going to try to go get players that there's no way they should come to a program that I'm at and to figure out how to land one or two of them. And the problem is you just can't do it. You know, it's like, it's like when God, they're working at the coaches at USF and the coaches at Florida, beyond just their finances and their facilities and everything, 
they're almost working in two different, entirely different sports because mm-hmm. of what they're capable of being able to do. So, you know, signing day is great, but it, to me it encompasses the bigger problem in college football. Yeah, but, 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 but I want to ask you guys real quick, Fish. I want to ask you guys a question, and Fish, you can answer this too. How has early signing day changed signing day for programs, right? Now, college football programs can now concentrate on the class of 2022, whatever case may be. I think early signing day has obviously put a, put a different spin on how college football programs approach National Signing Day. So what are you guys' thoughts on early signing day? I don't like it. And I think it, especially if your school is one of these schools that has to fire a coach and now you're, you're going to end up with a transition class and guys, you know, you're, it's, it makes it very difficult for that school to sign, uh, you know, guys early, but I wanted to make one point with what Corey said. The one difference too about football and basketball is the one and done rule. One and done rule has made changes too to the sport. I mean, the fact that, you got to go to a, you're going to Alabama, you're going there for three years and you want to make sure they're developing you to get to the NFL and college basketball players. Let's be honest. Most of them are already draft. The guys that you know that are going to get drafted out of high school are just going to a place for six months. So like how much development's going on there, but you know, you know, back, back to the um, early signing day, I think the NCAA should either get rid of it or they should move it to August because it, it really, there's no purpose. I mean, why have one in February? These schools are signing one or two players. Like really, yeah. like, like th- th- that wasn't the purpose of it. The purpose was to get the guys that were going to sign early to sign early and that they could concentrate on the rest of the class. Well, like 90% of these kids are signing early. So what's the purpose of the uh, later signing period? And, yeah, and but, it's, but, it's, but, but, but don't you think though that a, a, a kid or prospect should have the ability to see how a program has done throughout the year and evaluate that? I mean, you can't just say, hey, come in August and give us a hope and a prayer that, you know, we'll be, you know, I, I, I think that's a lot to, to yeah, put into that. I, I've always said, I've always felt that, you know what, you're not like kids really should not pick a school one because of the coaches. They should pick Mm -hmm. that school because that's where they want to spend the next three or four years of their life. Because I've already know, and you already know the average assistant coach stays at a school for two and a half years. So the guy that recruited you isn't going to be there for four years. So, you know, that part of it means something like you better like the place you're going because if you don't like it, you're not going to be there four years. You're going to transfer and you're going to keep transferring. But I just, I don't know. I don't like where the early signing period is right now. I think, it, like I said, it, it makes it very difficult on a program if you fire a coach. You're basically, that year is shot for that program. You're basically throwing a class out. And that should never be the case. You, sh- you should still be able to recover if, you, or if you're trying to get rid of a coach. Uh, the, the early signing day, I think it's, I, I remember when the first one came out a couple of years ago, we weren't sure what was going to happen. And you end up seeing, 75, 80% of the kids signing. What, 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 what has determined the early signing day is academics. More kids are early enrolling. They're taking uh-huh. classes over the summer and they're able to enroll in January. So February isn't even a date for them anymore because they're already out of high school. So, I mean, there's things we could do. We could adjust it. You can say that early signing day can only count for qualified early enrollers, uh-huh. which could change some of that. 
which would be kind of interesting because at least then I think I think that works out on all ends because at least then you know the kids that are signing are going to be there in January and they're not early signing and then trying to get their academics straight and they might not end up qualifying. I think that works out on both ends. Uh, in general, I'm for moving the early signing day up. I like it. I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't mind it. I feel like, again, because so many kids are early enrolling, I think the February date isn't, isn't what it used to be. But there are things they can do to make it a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like the fact that it's a three-day period. More than anything, I like the fact that it's a couple of days. It allows some things to happen. Um, this was a weird year in general because there were no visits. You, had, you, had this, you have a dead period that's extending all the way until April. So a lot of things that that might not normally exist are existing this year. Um, but in general, because of the early enrollees and because so many kids are enrolling early now, I mean, it's a majority of your of your FBS signees are early enrolling now. It's uh, I think it's needed. And get rid of get rid of the February date and go August and December. You know, I if you're going to have an early early signing day, if that's well, not everybody's early enrolling. You know, no, I, I know I know that, but February yeah. February no, like gonna, two. Oh, I mean, you know, our, our buddy Timmy Norling's going to have an overabundance of JUCO kids if you're only allowed to sign in December. Uh, you know, I mean, <laughs> not going to have enough JUCOs to place all the kids we're going to give them. Uh, trust me, this year there's going to be plenty of kids for JUCOs because there's a lot of kids that are not getting enough. I mean, I've seen two players this week, uh, one at Fort Lauderdale and another kid at South Broward that both are Division One kids. And they, they're they not having the spring to get recruited and evaluated. I, the kid at South Broward is a 6'2", 6'3", 220-pound linebacker. And I can tell you right now, the kid could play at Florida State, Miami, or Florida. Yeah, 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 but you know what that's hurting them? You know what's really hurting them is, yeah. is the transfer portal. Coaches yeah. now are looking at it and they're saying, hey, I need to get a college kid, a college prospect. Do I want a grown man or do I want a kid that I'm going to have to develop out of high school, right? So they get a college kid. That, kid, that college kid is like gold to them. So that has hurt a lot of prospects in high school. We could talk about COVID. We could talk about X, Y, and Z. But if you're not we, an elite we prospect, got it. They, they, hurt. The, the college football has got to put a limit on transfer portal. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. The idea that the idea that a program can recruit 10 high school kids and figure we're going to get our other 15 through the portal, that can't work. It just can't. Well, it's not going to be good for college football no, because it's just you're not the reason why those kids in there are in the portal in the first place. Yeah, you know? exactly. You're, exactly. You're totally destroying the supply chain by doing uh, don't that. don't give me oh we're looking for culture and you're trying to freaking change the culture with a quick fix. I mean that's yeah, not yeah, yeah. But are you uh, let's be honest though? Okay, let's have this conversation. Are you going to change your your culture from a kid that's leaving a program? He's leaving for a reason. No, no kids are, are going there and say, hey, I, I had a great year, so let me go in the transfer portal. Like, you know what I mean? Like, No, the kids that are leaving are unhappy with the situation they're in. There's a reason right. why they're leaving. For whatever reason. You for know? whatever reason. It used to be guys left because they wanted to play closer to home or there was yes. some sort of family situation. Now it's like, all right, I'm second on the depth chart. I didn't get enough reps. I mean, look at LaDainian Webb. Uh, here's a kid that you know, signed with Florida State, and he got his reps. Well, he didn't get enough. Well, let me – and now he's at his – I mean, the kid went to two JUCOs, and now he's been at two colleges. So it's like four 
four schools in four years? Like, is that a guy an NFL team's going to want to draft? I doubt yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but do you want to put it on a, on web or do you want to put it on a school that recruited him? Put it on FSU. They recruited him. No, right? I, I, there's no question. But I'm saying, like, you, you, you're, you're going to put all your resources into that. They put their resources in it, and now you got them for a year. And really, a kid like that, you're probably going to get the reward in the second year, and you didn't even get to the second year. It's like – you're yeah. going to have to change your ways of thinking when it comes to recruiting these kids. No doubt. No doubt. I I, I don't like it. Um, I see it firsthand as a, as a high school head coach, and, and it's going to burn a lot of bridges, right? I mean, you know, it, it all comes down to relationships. You know, both of you guys are in the business. Both of you guys understand recruiting. You've covered it a long time. It, 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 uh, it's always, you know, everything is sick, silical, right? I mean, it, it goes all in a cycle. So, but McKinley, it's showing at the high school level. I mean, these kids are going to four school high schools in four years. Like, what do you expect when they get to college? Yeah, like, I, I, I personally would not, unless a, uh, maybe I leave one spot or two spots for those kids. But if I was a college coach and a kid went to four high schools in four years, I'd think twice about taking that kid. I, I agree. just I agree with because you. you're going to sit there and tell me in two years from now, it's like the college coach. That tells me, hey, fish, I could coach lazy out of a kid. You can't coach lazy out of a kid. No, no. No, you may, you may think you could coach. Like, are we saying something like college football should go to, you know, you got a, you got an 85 limit and you have to limit 10, and only 10 of those can be considered transfers, whether it be JUCO or portal guys on your limit, on your 85 limit? Yeah, they should have a and limit. That, and then, that, a- you know, yeah, which, which I think could work because it, it allowed – because I don't, because I think so many coaches are manipulating the rosters by this. It's like, you know, if you if you get if you get a, for example, if you get a player that only has done one year at another school, that's going to count against your ten uh, Scott transfer limit for three years, which a lot of coaches won't want, you know, because the whole thing was made more for graduate transfers than it mm-hmm. was for what it's become. Correct. Uh, it was made for graduate training but Corey you can manipulate it because if you get a kid you recruited a kid and you're like oh man this kid's really good and then all of a sudden you watch him practice for three weeks and you you could tell kind of right away if that kid can play at your school or not all right so now that kid can't play at your school well you start putting him behind walk-ons on the depth chart you're not forcing that kid out by you pushing him out but you're manipulating that roster in a way that that kid's getting the point. Like, Hey, I'm behind walk-ons. I'm never going to play. Hey coach, can I go in the portal? He's like, Oh, you want to go in the portal? Okay. No problem. Well, you again, know, my, my point is you just have to limit on your scholarship limit on your 85 scholarship limit. It should only be room for maybe 10 or 12. That would be classified as transfers. And that's just it. That's your number 12. Yeah. And that could be, like I said, that could be Juco kids. That could be, you know, that could, that could be transfer portal kids. Now, that's not going to work for everybody. I mean, hell, Kansas State, if they were only allowed to have 12 JUCO transfers on this roster one time, they wouldn't have a roster, you know, because they get about 50% of their kids from JUCO, through the JUCO. The JUCO but, kids aren't really transferring. They're, they're done with their time. They're done with their – I see what you're and, saying. You know, there's a difference between a JUCO kid and a kid that's on a roster that just is unhappy that he's not playing anymore, you know. Yeah. And, and what you're going to have, too, is a new coaching staff's going to come in and they're going to start wanting their guys in there. So the quicker way to get them out is by, hey, listen, I, I, I'm not going to start them. So I'm going to force this kid out. And coaches don't want to force kids out. But if there's an easy way to do it, which the transfer portal is, then they're going to utilize it. 
because coaches job these guys jobs are on the line they got to win and if that kid can't play for them they're not they're going to force them out we we go right into bowl games like the first bowl game is tuesday or win on monday i think yeah what is that uh, uh is that, what is that, the Charmin bowl what is that yeah there's a bowl let me see there's a bowl game is there a bowl for coaches that like hurt themselves and they take them out of the show for like a month because we need one of those bowls Hey, you know what we need? We need them to, when they're doing these bowl games selection, they need to think about what is the most intriguing matchups. Like, I really want to see FAU versus FSU. Like, I know well, FSU not eligible. Qualified but... for a bowl. I'm sure every bowl opponent would want to see FSU this year. I mean, they want to see Duke. They want to see Northern Illinois. You know, there's a bowl game tomorrow at 2.30, the Myrtle Beach Bowl, Appalachian State against North Texas. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that game, you know, except for those fans. I'm not doing a damn thing at 2.30 tomorrow. I want to see it. The game I tell you I'm excited about, the game that I'll cover, the Outback Bowl, is Indiana and Ole Miss. And to see Ole Miss up close, oh, boy. That's, that's that's that total's going over 150. You could, Yeah, that's, like that's a, that's a basketball. One and it's going to end about 6.30. Yeah, that's a 75 to 70 ball game. All right, last thing. Let's 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 end on this. I want to see what you guys think. Best prospect signed in the early signing period by FSU, Miami, Florida. All right, who goes first? I'll say Rod Orr. Um, for FSU. For, for FSU, mm-hmm. uh, Miami for sure. Leonard Taylor. He's the best of all three. And uh, for Florida, probably Jason Marshall, the corner from Palmetto. So I think those are the three top players that I've seen in all three classes. Yeah, I think for uh, Miami, I think it's James Williams, but it could be Leonard, too. I mean, either one of those two. Uh, For Florida, I would agree. I think Jason Marshall is next level. For Florida State, probably Omarion Cooper, their DB out of the Fort Myers area, is the one that I think has the best upside. I was waiting for you to say Colby Gross. No, I wasn't going to say Kobe Gross or Jordan Eubanks. That wasn't happening. Right. Uh, no, I, I I agree with uh, – I actually agree with Fish. I mean, I like Orr. You know, you look at his athleticism, you look at his size, his length, um, the potential that he has. Um, you know, but again, is, is he an elite kid? Uh, no. Um, I love Leonard Taylor. Leonard Taylor – there was a coach that was quoted saying that was the best prospect he has ever played against in the last 20 years. Um, and Leonard Taylor, uh, he's just very explosive. Um, the, the sky's the limit for him. Um, and then I like Marshall too. I like his length. I like his athleticism and Florida has got into Miami too. So I think, you know, Miami and Florida state should be a little weary of that they've gotten in South Florida, this class. They've gotten into Florida this run. I think a lot of that to do with, Florida State's ineptitude of recruiting in Miami. Yeah. And the fact that Manny Diaz isn't – he isn't Mario. He, he, does, he goes after the kids that he goes after. He goes after them hard. But he's not hell-bent on getting them all. Whereas if, say, Mario was down there, he'd be hell-bent on getting them all. Like, yeah. the idea would be, I don't want I don't want Leonard Taylor if I can't get Jason Marshall, Ed Corey Collier, yeah. and his other three teammates. You know, I'm going to take them all. Yeah. My question to you, when y'all say that, Leonard Taylor, mm-hmm. when was the – like Miami signed some top-end defensive 
tackle prospects. Mm-hmm. What was the last one that really pan out for? Because Vince Wolf, Vince Wolfork. I mean, yeah. so from South years ago. It's yeah. been a long time since yeah. a guy from South Florida. I know they've yeah. had they've had guys like um, you know the one kid that did they they had the you know the Macintosh kid from Cardinal Gibbons a couple yeah. of years ago that panned out, but he was a three star kid. I liked him a lot. And yeah. I thought the all three Florida schools should recruit him, but it's been a while. I mean, it's yeah, been a while since when they, when they, I remember when they signed Fortson. We all thought Fortson was uh, a great thing. He did, you know, he struggled there. But Fortson had lazy in high school. You saw yeah. it at times. Like yeah. Leonard Taylor does not take plays off. I mean, yeah. he and, really, and that's the same thing with FSU. They've had some off over the years. They've had some offensive line recruits, but top end guys, the guys that you build your centerpiece around. They've missed on those guys. When, yeah. they, when they put the Abdul Bello, the Jawan Williams, the Landon Dickerson, who yeah, although yeah. Dickerson turned out to be pretty damn good. But they haven't landed the Evan Neals, the Laramie Tunzels, the guys that are literally the elite, the elite, elite, the elite, 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 elite that you know they're playing from day one, and you're not yes. they're you're not missing on those guys. And, and you look and you look at Taylor. I, I mean Corey. I mean he's he, he's got length. He's got size. Oh, he's got speed. I, 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 I he's got to I mean, get off. Corey. Timmy Jernigan is probably one of the top defensive tackles to come out of the state in the last 10 yeah. years. Yeah. Oh, you knew he was going to be great coming out of high school. They did not miss on that kid. There was no, like, he didn't, like, as good as Forreston was, you didn't see the same laziness out of Timmy Jernigan. There was coaches that told me, as much as we liked Forreston, there was coaches that told me they didn't like him. Yeah. And that was surprising. I'm like, are you sure? And they're yeah. like, Fish. Hey, I'll give you another name. Remember John Brown at Lakeland High School? Yeah, John Brown was like – We and you saw him the first time when he was a sophomore. We were yeah. like, this kid is the next friggin' – you know, this kid's like – I didn't think there was ever going to be – this kid was the next Aaron but, Donald as far as – John Brown Donald even existed. John Brown plateaued. He was yeah. really good as a sophomore, yeah. and you didn't see that great move from him after that. And no. yeah, we were talking to uh, what was it, Dan McCarney? We were at Armwood High School. Yeah. We Dan McCarney, who basically said John Brown couldn't have played for him at any school he ever coached. Yeah, not at USF, not at Iowa State. I'm like he couldn't play for you at Iowa State. But, it sh- but that shows you like he had tapped out, and he yeah. wasn't. A, remember, he had limitations too, right? He was six feet tall. He wasn't six three. Yeah, he was no. a little shorter than that. He so, had great. Yeah, it was just great in high school, but it just didn't paint. It just didn't. No. It never transferred over. You know, it never transferred over the next level. Whereas, you're right. When you looked at somebody like Timmy Jernigan, it was hard to. It was hard to see how he was not going to be great. But Corey, there's too many people who are, who have coached against Taylor. I've seen him on film. You know, uh, talking to fish. Uh, I mean, the kid is a is a can't miss prospect. He's yeah. a can't miss prospect. He's going to have an impact now. Can we say like he's going to be all ACC next year? I, I don't. I'm not going that far. But he'll be a three and done, and he'll no, be a no, first. No he'll be a no first doubt. round pick. No Listen, doubt. there's so much that goes in. Listen, there's so much that goes into a guy playing right away. I mean, Miami has guys that are actually there that are uh, like Nestor Silvera. They have other guys that have been that are have been there in that system for two years. So yeah. he's going to have to beat guys out. But Taylor's going to make an impact next year. No like, doubt. He no will doubt. be. He'll show his face next year. No doubt. So you you wanted to say something, Corey? You you got one final word? No, no, I got no. I'm good. I'm, I'm really good. I was uh, I was looking at some stuff. Apparently, though, what's up? Auburn is interviewing Bill Clark from UAB, which I think we all think is a very good move. But I think there's zero chance they will sign Bill Clark because 
the Auburn fan base will never accept a UAB coach coaching Auburn. Well, they're dumbasses. What, what what's the pur- what's the purpose of firing Gus Mazda to, f- to hire him? I I mean, remember they're, they're, they're I mean, there's still the belief that Kevin Steele is still their number one guy, and I just don't those. I, 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 I like Coach Steele. I we like don't Coach like Steel. Coach Steele, but that ain't gonna fly at Auburn. Like, I mean, the idea why, is why, why not? When, when they fired Gus, the idea is this was to bring in somebody with a bigger name than Gus. And yeah, say yeah, we're going to fire Gus and hire his top yeah, assistant. But, but you know what, though? Just like Fish and, I, well, Fish and I have had this conversation before. Yeah. You, you know, uh, I think college programs, college football programs are seeing more and more. It's hard. Like, you know, you have these high-profile jobs, and they think, oh, we're supposed to get a big name, and we're just going to throw us out there and offer this oh, guy. I think, and, I, I think it's not easy. Silly. Not easy. There's you know only I mean? like there's only like two or three jobs that can attract a big name. Coach. I think they're silly to think that they were gonna that somebody was gonna race into one of face the Saban machine up close. I think it's ridiculous. They're not gonna buy into Kevin Steele because Kevin Steele's a nine and thirty six record as a head coach. Yeah, now I would tell you, I think if University of Texas could have uh, could have got Urban Meyer, he's the next head coach at Texas. They couldn't fit. They could not close the deal, so they said, hey. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Herman is our head coach next told year. Tom Herman, we're going to keep you for a year until we try for Urban next year. Exactly. Right? Until then, you keep his seat warm. You can fire me anytime you want if you're going to give me $25, $30 million to leave. So if you, want to, <laughs> if you want me on one-year rentals, listen, man, I know this. That check clears every two weeks at that school. Like, this ain't like that, that, that movie, The Office, where they keep moving you to the basement at Texas. That check's still clearing every week, all right? No, no, no doubt. So no doubt. I ain't worried about it. You want to fire me next year and bring an urban? Oh, I'll take my payout next year. Who cares? Yeah? Well, I enjoyed it. I hope you guys have a great holidays, great Christmas. Yes. Uh, I enjoyed my Hanukkah, my eight days of it. I had a, yeah, eight days. I, I had a buy Ethan eight, eight gifts. You know, so and, and now, and now, now Santa now, Claus has got to deliver the real yeah. Stuff. Santa's got to deliver the real. He yeah. has to bring the heat. I, I I don't know, man. Are the I, three of us gonna go to the Boca Raton Bowl? I'm going. To, hey, McKinley, can you get I'm us tickets to the, the Boca, Boca Bowl? Bowl? You got me hey. tickets last year. Can you get me tickets? Hey, man, I I I'll see if I still have some juice. We'll see. We'll see. Oh we'll man, I, wait a second. Last year you went zero and four, and we're able to get tickets this year. <laughs> Your coach of the year, coach of the year in Palm Beach, and you can't get Jack. I mean, why am hey, I even? Fr- why am I friends hey. with you anymore, man? Hey man, hey! Man, you are, honestly, this friendship ain't. Listen, hey. this is ninety ten. It's like me and you are married. Hey, if I it knew, is. Hey, I, my wife's got ninety ten. Now I got my my good friends ninety ten. You get all the juice, and man. you don't. Oh, uh, Corey, we hey, gotta man. do something about this relationship, yeah. man. Right. I mean, he shows up once a month hey, to the co- show co- now. Co- hey, 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 COVID, co- hey, COVID, man. COVID, yeah, COVID. 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 I I got COVID for you right here, man. <laughs> <laughs> COVID, my ass. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, don't hey, let me don't let me bring Nate Giggy in to take your host spot here. All right. <laughs> hey man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we're gonna have to bring Nate the Insider in to co-host with me. Hey, man, hey, get him a boy Nate, man. Get him a boy Nate. Hey, I'll send him the link and say, listen, man, we got a spot for you as the host. I'll give you the host spot, Nate. Don't worry about it. We're all good. I know I ripped you every month. I know I rip you all the time on the internet, but we're good. Don't worry about it. <laughs>
Hey, hey, Nate, Nate's a true insider, man. Oh, I know he is, man. <laughs> uh, it's all good. You know, he, hey, he just needs to know I love him, man. It's all good. I don't. I have no hate in this heart, none. But I'll see you guys later. Enjoy, right. enjoy your hotel there, man. It looks like a nice little suite you got there. <laughs>